Dear friend, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world's religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host. Thank you for tuning in. It's our pleasure to welcome you to our program today, and please stay with us for the whole hour because we have an interesting program. I'm, I'm thinking it's quite timely for what's going on uh, also in the world, but uh, stay with us because we'll give you a few more details. And by the way, you know that you can be part of this program. You can uh, send us a text message with your uh, question or maybe a thought, uh, something to participate to this program. And you can do that by sending your text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Don't be shy. Send us a text message and maybe just say hello. Uh, say hello to our uh, co-hosts here in the studio and I'm going to welcome Tracy. Good to have you with us, Tracy. Hi, Nick, and hi to all the listeners. Doesn't doesn't time fly by? Already, already another week has passed. Absolutely right. And it's good to have you, David, with us too. Well, thank you, Nick and Tracy. Wonderful to be with you in person. Now, David, it's... Um, from Family Voice Australia, director of Family Voice Australia yes. here for South Australia, Northern Territory. And Tracy is uh, worshipping in Brighton Church here in Adelaide, South Australia. Uh, Tracy is very passionate to share the good news, uh, the gospel with as many people as possible. And through radio, this is a good opportunity, Tracy, isn't Absolutely. it? I want everybody to get on board and get some of the good stuff that I've found in, in a great relationship with Jesus. Yes, yes. And I know, David, you, you're a busy man, uh, going from uh, place to place, uh, lots of meetings, uh, uh, appointments in media also. Uh, we were just talking before we got on air, you know, you, some of your talks, you know, on um, television and other radio stations. And uh, it's good to have your um, input, uh, David, uh, each time with us here, on, particularly on Friday, uh, yeah. Friday afternoon. Thank you, Nick. Well, uh, as I said, um, we're looking at this theme for uh, this week and the next week, actually, the Bible, the church, and the environment. I said that it's quite timely, this, because uh, it's just right now as we talk here, it's that big um, COP27. Is that uh, how it's called, David? Yes, yep. that's it. It's a conference going on. Uh, this time, I think it's in, it's in Egypt. And uh, leaders from all around the world, they uh, participate there and trying to address some of the things which uh, we humans, we really stuffed it up, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> environment and everything what's around us. Uh, we just um, didn't care. And God uh, told us from the beginning, you know, to look after this uh, planet, even though through sin, we brought uh, lots of curses, uh, lots of... Uh, things to this planet Earth, but God still say, you know, uh, you should um, work it out, you know, uh, you should uh, look after it, and man just didn't do that. Mm, sometimes we think we're so clever, don't we? We mm. decide we've got better plans, and some things that look great at the time, mm. years down the track, we kind of go, hmm, maybe that wasn't so great. Yes, well, the invention of plastic is one such situation exactly. because when it was invented, it was thought to be a wonderful thing, and plastic is a good thing. But with every technological 
innovation, there's got to be a matching theology of wisdom for mm-hmm. its wise use. Otherwise, it comes back to bite us. And yeah. how sad to think now that we've all got bits of plastic inside our bodies mm. yeah. because we have not really managed the proliferation of plastic. And, of course, it's all going into the ocean. South Australia has led the way, I think, in banning single-use plastic straws and various mm. other things. Plastic bags are now being removed from our supermarkets uh, in favour of paper bags. Mm-hmm. And uh, so gradually we're wising up, thank goodness. Yes. Hey, these are a few questions which we asked uh, already. Uh, one of them is like, uh, whose responsibility is the environment? Now, my dear friend, uh, just want to give you a heads up. Um, for this uh, question which already discussed through our uh, programs. If you miss some of these programs, you know that you can listen back. If you have an app, which I will encourage you if you don't have to download the uh, Faith FM Australia app and you'll be able to listen on demand or otherwise you can go on faithfm.com.au and listen there from the podcast. And another question was uh, should humanity subdue the earth? I believe very good questions. And what does the Bible say about natural disasters? Now, wherever we look around, you know, every day on the news, uh, there is some sort of natural disaster going on in this world. The other night, uh, we asked this question, could vegetarianism benefit the environment? I I thought it was a good question, Mm, too, you know. Absolutely. But the question we, we have for today is, um, did Jesus have anything to say about uh, the environment? We'll look at that question a little bit more in detail. But just before we are uh, moving on, uh, I would like to, to ask you, David, um, uh, have you listened to some of the things going on with this uh, conference in Egypt? With the Yes, the media around that is quite fascinating. There's been quite a clampdown apparently on the freedom of people in Egypt to comment on what's going on in their own country so that doesn't all go well mm-hmm. it's also the case that the media is falling over itself to say we've got to achieve these targets we've got to limit carbon emission we've got to lower the temperature of the earth and so on I think they're largely missing the point there that uh, most of the weather, in fact, almost all of the weather, is not controllable by people. Mm. In fact, the Bible really intimates that God is in charge of the weather. And as the earth goes through various cycles, which are built into the pattern of creation, really, uh, we see the temperature going up and the temperature going down. (laughs) I recall uh, as a teenager in the 1970s, that's uh, letting the listeners know how old I am, Mm. but as a teenager in the 1970s, we were being warned about the great ice age that was looming. And I asked a, a very prominent scientist a question about that and said, why, why was it that we were being told about the great looming ice age in the 1970s, which has never eventuated, and now here we are facing a globe, so-called global warming? And mm. he said, oh, it's just driven by money. People uh, have to apply for grants. They've got to come up with a reason to get the grants, and so away they go. Mm. Very interesting. Absolutely. I said just before we went on air that I may throw a, a bit of a curly question here. I wonder how you'll uh, react to this. But people today and leaders of this world and Christian leaders 
Um, if I'll refer to Pope Francis, for example, said um, a couple of times to this sort of um, uh, gatherings uh, that uh, we should uh, speak up and uh, quickly in regard to the environment and saving the, the planet. Now, my question is a bit like this. When we come towards the end of this world, because that's what we like to, to bring up to the attention of people, that uh, this world is going rapidly to the end of the history of planet Earth, and God says that he will come and this world will be destroyed. All of a sudden, humankind is waking up and they saying that they want to save the planet. How this can fit into the this um, agenda, to say so? Because always when God said something, he will do it that way. Man will say, oh, we'll do the other way around. Mm. I mean, we are now going to save the planet. No, I'm not going to say, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that uh, we should be neglectful or we should be careless of environment and everything what we can do today as david just shared with us i mean uh, let's use a paper bag instead of a plastic bag let's do all those things which we can but the focus it's a long question you know but the focus the focus is so much on environment right now is that the right thing what's uh, your opinion well you know here in this program we use the scriptures as our basis mm. of of direction and, and looking for um, wisdom on how to uh, apply certain things, certain um, uh, principles in our life. And I think if you um, have to make a comment on what the scriptures have to say, there is far more about getting your relationship with God mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. than all other social mm. kinds of things. Yes, we are called to look out for our fellow man. We are called to um, uh, be responsible in the way that we care for um, our fellow man, animals, the environment, everything. Mm. But I think you nailed it in one word there, um, Nick, when you talked about focus, and I think that's the main thing. Our focus has to be on where am I at in my relationship with God? That has to be the focus. Mm-hmm. And anything um, else about um, the Holy Spirit working in me to work out where how I need to change to be following through on the principles and the guidance that is given in Scripture, including, you know, f- feeling, um, you know, being guided in how I need to do my bit in looking after the planet. Yes. I think that that needs to be where the focus should be. Rather, right now you've got a situation where the focus is all on the environment. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's also because, you know, our census tells us that we are quickly becoming a non-Christian country. Mm. And so um, almost the planet is becoming a god to many people yes. rather than the Christian God. Now, very, very well said. Uh, I, I like that. David? Yes, Nick. Well, Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, it's recorded, said these words, When evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, 
but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is both upholding the monitoring of the weather, in other words, to make scientific statements about the climate mm-hmm. and, and any changes that are going on and what it means. There's nothing wrong with that at, at all if it's done properly and scientifically uh, because it is true to say that it will be fair weather if the sky is red in the evening, at least at that part of the world at that time. Uh, and similarly in the morning you can make determinations. But he's saying that it's more important that we interpret the signs of the times. Yes. And what are the signs of the times? Tracy is absolutely right. We are turning away from God. If we think that we can bring world leaders together in Egypt and solve the world's problems, we need to think again. Because mm. unless God, unless the Lord builds the house, the labor mm. labor in vain. Uh, climate is largely outside of our control, and we need to be seeking the mercy of God for the planet and for the cosmos and for all of our lives. I think you both uh, put it very well because um, as a Christian uh, broadcast, uh, we are trying to bring to the attention of people the reality of uh, what the Bible presents to us all. And for too long, we just dismissed it. You know, we put it aside. We just uh, carry on with our own things, with our own agenda and uh, wisdom, which we thought that we can, uh, you know, be here forever, or if not here, then we can access some other planets. You know, people have all sorts of agenda, all sorts of things yes. in mind, but not to put themselves right with the Creator, mm-hmm. with God, the one who controls all these uh, things. And and this is a bit of a paradox, uh, in, in, in my opinion. Now, you cannot expect from non-religious people or non-Christian uh, people uh, to put on the um, agenda, you know, the, the things which we talk about, because mm. yeah, they may not uh, look at this. They have their own uh, uh, interpretation and understanding, but... And sometimes quite anti mm-hmm. those views. Yeah. Correct. But, you know, it's interesting that in this regard, when we talk about the environment, where humankind has very limited input to control things, as David said, you know, I mean, God says, I will bring upon you uh, disasters or I will bring before before you blessings. I mean, God says also that he gives uh, rain on the good and the bad. He makes the sun to rise upon the good and bad. I mean, it's he's in control. But men think that he, they can do something. And that was my kind of um, thinking we as humans, we may have an agenda which can be a bit diversive for what we should do, you know, because the enemy of God, Satan, he will try to use anything possible to keep us away from God and what's going on in, in the world right now. Yeah, David, do you want to say Indeed. something? Indeed. Well, the saying comes to my memory, fiddling while Rome burns. Mm. You know, it's so easy to be rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, so to speak, we're forgetting this whole spiritual dimension to our existence. It's like we we are only material entities. And it's like the earth is uh, an entity which is in the destin- destination of man or mm-hmm. the control of man. Uh, but it is God who has the power to recreate. That's what we're really seeking now, isn't it? Because we've messed things up. So many species have been lost, and, and they're not going to come back until God recreates them. So 
That's really our hope. Now, in no way does this induce us or excuse us from not being good stewards. Um, Adam and Eve were placed in the garden to steward creation, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to weed the garden, if you like, to prompt growth, to maximize fruition. And that is man imposing his will, not for self-centered reasons, but for God's glory. And that's what we've got to return to. If God is not glorified in the process, it's a man-centered process. It will achieve nothing, and it will, in fact, incur divine wrath because only he has the power to recreate, and only he is the one who should be glorified through our various endeavors. Yes. Yes, absolutely right. And, you know, uh, we learn so fast uh, Uh, how to exploit, you know, the planet uh, Mm -hmm. Earth. Mm -hmm. And in um, these times, you know, we're thinking only on the dollar, on the money, you Mm -hmm. know, how much we can make out of it. You know, the Bible uh, is teaching us that we should even give some time for rest for this Earth. Yes. Um, As uh, used to be a farmer, you know, I know that we, for a year we put aside, you know, uh, some portions of land. We didn't work it out. And that's what the Bible says. But now, no, we can uh, even two, three crops if we can uh, every year to get from uh, from the ground. And then you wonder why uh, it's turning against us, you know, why we have so many uh, imbalance, mm-hmm. you know, imbalance of the planet Earth oh, and yes. uh, everything was going on. Uh, David, I think you mentioned before about the weather and the People are attempting to even um, manipulate weather yes. mm-hmm. and do all those things, you know. Cloud Which that's seeding. a bit scary yeah. because where could it end up? <laughs> Cloud seeding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And all we think of doing is adding more and more chemicals mm-hmm. to the soil. And yet, of course, there is some wisdom going on out there, and that is to use natural means of regulating the uh, crop and ensuring that pests are dealt with in an eco-friendly manner. Uh, King Charles, Mm. Prince Charles as he used to be, was leading the way in that respect. So uh, we're very blessed to have a sovereign who thinks these kinds of thoughts. And uh, he is renowned for his organic gardening and for his uh, call for sustainability Mm -hmm. within, within agriculture. So that's what we need to do. But we need to do so in a, in a way which is in submission to Almighty God yeah. so that he will bless the work of our hands. Yes. Well, thank you so much, guys, on uh, sharing on uh, this one. We take a short break here and um, we'll be back in a minute. Don't go anywhere. Uh, this is uh, Drive Time on uh, Faith FM. This is a song, um, My Cathedral. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. childhood playing in the deep woods stomping through the creek and feeling oh so much alive camping in the forest we join the cricket chorus and hum our songs of gratitude around a crackling fire and out here in the stillness I found my house of worship With column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral 
was beneath the blue skies I ran down to be baptized I felt the river wash me clean And dried beneath the sun and to this day believing When wide awake or dreaming I scan the ancient sky And understand where I belong Cause out here in the stillness I find my house of worship Trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral This is where I find my soul Out where holy men of old First melting soul And thank you for the rain Wrote the psalms that fill the air Herald angels sang their So let me often wander in robin song and thunder, surrounding me with stained glass leaves that change with every breeze. And out here in the stillness, I find my house of worship with column trees and canopy of stars. Here in my cathedral. That was a beautiful song, uh, My Cathedral, and my dear friend, uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita, and uh, in the studio we have Tracy Papandreou and David Delima as our co-host today, and uh, we are talking about uh, a very interesting uh, question uh, today, uh, what did uh, Jesus have to say about uh, environment? Now, um, before we are moving on into this, I would really like to give you a book, a beautiful uh, book today, which is um, called uh, Hope When the World Falls Apart by uh, Russell uh, Burrill. This is a wonderful book, and my dear friend, you need to send us a text message if you like this book with the code SA80, SA80. And uh, send it to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we'll be very happy to organize this book to come to you as soon as possible. Our friendly robot will take you through some questions. Send that uh, text message just with the code S A eighty, no space in between uh, and no other words, uh, just a simple text with the code S A eight zero. And the number again, it's 04888-808-11. Tracy, I would like to uh, come to you now and um, yeah, ask this question. Uh, what did Jesus have to say about uh, environment? What would you like to share from the Bible? Well, first of all, we know that Jesus is intimately involved with the environment. Mm. We know that it was actually the Jesus, the, the, that entity of the Godhead who actually was the one who created 
the earth and everything in it. We know that from John 1, 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So we know that, you know, Jesus was intimately involved in the creation of the of the earth. Nothing happened apart from what what he um he did. Mm. Uh and he used agrarian examples a lot when he told parables um when he was on the on the earth. Um he also used the examples of fishing. So, you know, he understood that the earth, the produce from the earth making a living from the earth, being able to live from the fruits of the mm. earth were important to, to people and very much part of how they lived. So he, he therefore approved of people being able to use the land to yield goodness, but he cautioned against avarice because, you know, he, he said, you know, yes, there's, you know, use these things. I've produced them for you, um, but... You know, we need to have everything in balance. Um, I think about a couple of instructions that he gave, and there are um, a, a number of places where these are cited. Um, he talks about um, instructions not to gather to the very edges of crops, mm. um, and that was to allow for the poor to be able to meet their needs. Um, and so this is, this is where uh, he's saying have balance. Have balance. I also think about the parable of the farmer who had an overabundance, and he actually he had the problem that oh my goodness, I don't have enough barns to store all of this all of this abundance that I've been blessed with, and so he decided he was going to build all these barns and then just take a big holiday. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus was talking about this using this parable when people were asking um, him. Um, some advice about these kinds of things. And in Matthew twelve fifteen, he says to them, Take heed and beware of covetous- covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. So here, he, he has been counseling about the need for balance. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with using the earth to um, yield crops, but we need to have that in balance. He also, and I guess when I'm talking about Jesus, I'm also talking about some of the things that God said through prophets today as well. We recognize that Jesus and God are are, are one. Mm. Um, But we also have the scripture in Isaiah uh, 51.6 where um, it talks about the fact that... um, you know, the, the, we know that that the Earth is actually it, it's it's got a it's got a life expectancy. Mm-hmm. It's, it, there was never the idea that it was going to go on and on and on and on forever. So in Isaiah fifty one six, um, the text there says, "Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke, the earth will grow old." like a garment and those who dwell in it will die in like manner but my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will not be abolished Mm. so there we know that um you know there was never this idea 
that the earth would go on forever and ever and, in, and ever. In, in particular, after the falling into sin, because that's the, where uh, this world was turning uh, a, a different, yeah, a different yes. turn, and yes. God's plan of salvation uh, then was in place. And obviously, this world will come to an end. Yes. Uh, and because of us here on this uh, earth, with all the bad habits, uh, we really uh, wear it off, <laughs> if you like to say this way, this planet uh, Earth. I think, yeah, very good point. Mm, mm. Yeah, so we're not, we're not helping ourselves in any way, are we? Um, but we do know that from Scripture that, you know, it, it's not this, uh, you know, not, not to sound negative, mm. but we know that that's, that's the way it's going. Regardless of climate change, yes, yes. Um, again, you know, we're talk- we're talking about you know the fact that uh, God tells us that he you know he he doesn't do anything before letting, letting his prophets yeah, know that yeah. that that of, of what he has in mind. So cer- certainly not kind of um, you know pulling a swift one on us that we didn't expect. You know this this has. This scripture has been around for a long time, mm. and this is this has been there to let us know that this is this is a story. Um, in a, a Revelation um, eleven eighteen, um, this is talking about all of the the trumpets um, mm-hmm. and the signs about the end of end of time, etc. It says, "The nations were angry, and your wrath has come." And the time of the dead that should that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and you and should destroy those who destroy the earth. God says here, Jesus says here that He will destroy those who destroy the earth. Now this is the seventh trumpet here, mm-hmm. and it's right the end of the uh, days. Uh, on planet Earth, and what's Jesus saying here again? Those people who didn't putting their life right with God, they were interested only in their own uh, plans and agenda. And you know how God says that my plans are not your plans, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. But we thought that, and we're still thinking that we know what we have to do. Mm. We can s- uh, sort out the problem. We can save the planet. We can do this and that. And let, let me just uh, turn a bit. We talked about COP27 uh, a bit earlier, but uh, uh, Tracy and David, uh, what do you think Jesus might say about COP27 and all the plans to bring um, about the change and uh, to save the planet? What would Jesus say? Yes, well, uh, as I indicated earlier in Matthew 16, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Mm. So the signs of the times relate to spiritual realities. What is going on in the heavenly realms? What is going on with the Holy Spirit? What is going on in our lives? Are we responding to the Holy Spirit or are we grieving the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus said so much about nature, and Tracy's touched on that. There are many examples. We'd be here all night thinking about them, but he said, consider the lilies, consider the ravens. He looked at Jerusalem and said, how long have I wished to gather you as a mother hen gathers 
the chicks. So Jesus had been watching the mother hen mm. gathering the chicks. He spoke about the fig tree, about moths eating clothes, fertilizing the unfruitful tree, sheep and the shepherd, fishing you've mentioned, Tracy, mm. vultures. Jesus spoke about vultures. Uh, and he said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. And uh, so in all of these ways, we see that Jesus was a very keen student of nature. Mm, mm. But time and again, he looks at nature and he makes a spiritual conclusion. Yes. And this is lost on COP27 and it's, it's lost on all of our, so many of our scientists, so many of our thinkers, so many of our young people, unfortunately. Yes, by all means, look at nature, look at the stars, look at the sand, Understand how how wonderful all these things are, but draw the right spiritual conclusions, mm. which is that there is a God who is a creator, a God who is a sustainer, a saviour, and judge. And when we see nature that way, we're really understanding that nature is a book of revelation for us. Yeah, and also this can be very selfish. Uh, people, the leaders of this world, planning to save the planet. Why? Mm. For us to still stay here, you know, to... Uh, well, it's to, arrogant, isn't it? It is a bit arrogant. arrogant. And, mm. Yeah, what, what would you say, uh, Tracy, what Jesus would, uh, would say uh, in regard to this? Well, I think... You know, when, when people ask questions, he often just directed them back to the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, which at that point in time was the Old Testament, the, the, the different books mm-hmm. of the Old Testament. You know, I, I think he would again talk about, um, that it was God who, or Jesus, <laughs> who mm. created, uh, everything on the earth. And I guess when people get that, Right in their head, they should understand that you know he's central to to all of this. I thought of as you were talking about that, David. I thought about the fact that people are looking at the um, crises, um, climatic crises, all of that kind of kind of thing, the destru- destructive events that are happening, and they are looking at it and interpreting it to say. What does this mean? Something is happening with our climate. Mm. Instead of, the Bible tells us, look at these things through a spiritual lens Mm. because these are here to let you know these are way markers along Mm. the way. So, you know, these things are being uh, looked at and um, a filter which relates to our physical planet Earth, and that's what's being used as the filter rather than, as the Bible tells us, that we should use the spiritual filter um, to, to see what that has to say. I think also, too, um, he would direct them back to Genesis, which is where, and we, we briefly referred to this previously, where um, in the very beginning there was um, the obligation to look after the earth. So if I look at um, Genesis one twenty eight, we see that um, this is after he had created the Adam and Eve. He said, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food mm. and he also in um, uh, two fifteen, he says then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it so 
yes, humans are not the same as the plants and the animals. You know, in, there is a level of hierarchy mm. and we are given that, that um, privilege, if you like, of being top rung on the hierarchy. But we have a responsibility that was given to us from the very beginning to really look after yeah, not all to of abuse. those things, not yeah. to abuse. Mm, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. He, yeah, he. Um, I think he would also remind people not to make an idol of the planet. That mm. it's God who should be worshipped, not Mother Earth, which is what what I believe is is really beginning to happen. Because you know, um, people are are just worshipping Earth. These days, as far as I can see, in Revelation six fourteen to seventeen, it says, "Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place." So we know that this is, you know, it's it's going to be, it's going to all finish, you know. So giving prominence and almost worshiping the earth is 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 not not the way yeah, to go. Absolutely right. Uh, We are taking a short break here just to uh, have this opportunity to give you the book which I have prepared for you today. Uh, just uh, make sure that you have um, a pen handy to write the number uh, which I'll give you in a moment. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And this is Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A and uh, we have uh, a book uh, for you today called Hope. When the world falls apart. Uh, this is about the book of Daniel and Revelation. We were just talking about, and uh, Tracy just before uh, quoted from Genesis in the Old Testament and Revelation in the New Testament. And these two books are very uh, wonderful because uh, it's a message of hope in both of them for us today to know where we are, where we are at uh, in time. And my dear friend, uh, you can have this um, free book today if you send us a text message with the code SA80. SA stands for South Australia and uh, 80. Send us a text message to 04888-80811. All right, moving on. Um, do you think that he will, he will encourage of um, social Um, demonstration. Talking about Jesus. Here. So, do I think Jesus yeah. would be encouraging of social demonstration? I think you have to look at the fact that Jesus wasn't really about social reform at a corporate scale. Mm. Um, he rather focused on reform on an individual scale. He preached about each person's heart needing to be to be changed so he didn't say to the disciples look let's get this let's get this whole thing together so that mm. we can organize for all you know everyone to donate a certain amount of money and x percent we'll give to all of these people you know so we don't have poor and all of that kind of thing he he, he wasn't into things at a corporate level you know i think about matthew 26:11 he says for you have the poor with you always but me you do not have always mm. so you know again he he focused on individual reform um i would say why didn't he seek to change these things why didn't he he you know cause a big social 
uprising, if you like. I think he was in the business of changing the hearts. Exactly. Then, uh, then we'll be able to behave or do the right thing. Exactly, exactly. Mm. He was wanting to ensure that the motives of individuals were going to be right rather than, you know, he, he was into get your heart right and the doing bit. Mm. Will, will, will come naturally. Um, but sometimes when you do the doing bit and the heart hasn't been changed and reformed, um, you know, there's all kinds of motives and, and, and things that cause people to, you know, do things which look like the, the right thing. Um, I think he'd remind people that they must follow the laws of the land, but only as far as they don't violate any laws of God. I think about when, um, uh, he was talking uh, to the disciples and um, he asked one of them to bring him a coin and he said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God, uh, that are God. So, you know, we very much need to get our priorities right and, and not confuse things. I mean, I, I think we... We are getting, seeing more and more confusion actually. We see um, lots of spiritual leaders getting involved with this pushing for mm. um, climate change um, reform and all of this. I was actually, I was quite surprised when I was doing some research and I found that um, Pope Francis was involved with this Congress uh, to do with criminal law um, and talking about the fact that we need to um, ensure that there are all of these um, penalties in place for uh, anyone and things that to do that are to do with um, environmental um, laws against the environment. So you know, there's and it's not just him. There's lots of leaders, um, spiritual leaders, getting in, involved in in this. Um, so I think that. You know, that's a long way to answer your question and say, I think he'd be saying to people, yeah, those things are good, but make sure you've, mm. you've got your priorities right. What just came into my head then was, you know, the, the, the Martha Mary situation where, um, Jesus was at, um, the home of Martha and Mary and Martha was running around busy doing all the cooking and stuff and Mary was just sitting at his feet, you know, lapping up all of the wisdom that he had to give and Martha kind of said, you know, aren't you going to get her to come and help me? And he said, you know, Martha, Martha, you know, what Mary has chosen was the right way. You know, she's got her priorities right. Hmm. I think he would encourage people, make sure you've got your priorities yeah. right. Your relationship with me needs to be your priority. Hmm. Yes, uh, David, coming to you now, um, I mean, you are involved quite a bit with True Family Voice Australia, even putting together some uh, petitions, you know, some things to bring people together. There are certain things which we need to get behind it. Okay, yes, yes. but uh, yeah, in this context, uh, as I asked the question to to Tracy, I mean, uh, looking at uh, Jesus' uh, agenda, if you like, uh, he was not encouraging, you know, people to do mass demonstrations and things like that. But there is a place for um, uh, voicing out your uh, opinion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, there is. But again, uh, it drills down to the individual and the heart. You recall Jesus said, for example, do not rejoice that the demons submit to you. Mm. But rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. So the disciples were going around saying, hey, we've got this great power. Look at what we can do. And that's fine as far as it goes. 
but Jesus is really putting the emphasis on the fact that we are saved by his own work of grace. Mm. And that's, that's the paramount message that can be shared. And the other things are important. Yes, of course, driving out demons, that's important. Uh, looking after the earth, that's important. Uh, running our governments wisely, yes, that's important. Uh, Christ is, our, is, after all, the, the founder of every earthly throne, uh, power and authority. So he's interested in all of those things. Mm. Uh, Christians like Jesus should be interested in everything. But uh, I'm so glad that our names around this table, I trust, are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It doesn't matter how wonderful is our broadcast uh, or, or anything else that we might do. Thank God for the gift of salvation that he's given. And I'm reminded as we think about these thoughts to take us back to the book of Job because uh, there we read about God speaking. And, he, and interestingly, it says that he speaks out of the storm. So, you know, we're concerned about climate change and mm. storms that might emerge as a result. Well, God can speak through those. And he spoke to Job and said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man and I will question you. And you shall answer me, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. So yes, God's, beautiful God's passage work, in the Bible. Yeah. God's work there as creator and sustainer mm. of the cosmos Absolutely. is the paramount issue. Uh, so if only they could understand that in Cairo, even as we speak. Yeah, and I think you pointed out very well, uh, David, and if we could just see through whatever happens in this world, through the natural disasters, through all other things, if we could see that God is waiting there for us to say, uh, help us, yes. God. Yes. Um Come and rescue us and uh, all those things. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, very, very well said. But um, Tracy, a bit early, yeah, you, you thought that, um, uh, yeah, uh, corporate and social reform was not uh, Jesus' uh, focus. So you think God would uh, want us to look at ourselves first and look at uh, Him changing us? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, I, I talked a little bit before about the fact that, you know, we can do lots of good things, but God sees the heart and God knows where people are coming from. And, and you know, the we have to be born again. Otherwise, we will not, we will not be saved, mm. you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, anything good from us is is comes comes from him um so yeah let's just look at what's what's going to be happening um revelation 6 14 to 17 then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place and the kings of the earth the great men the rich men the commanders the mighty men every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand so you know, even the mighty ones, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to stand before the Lord just like um, those who, who in today's terms are perhaps less mighty. Mm. You know, I would say um, we have to 
be careful not to be fatalistic about it. You know, as we said earlier, do what you can. Um, but I think people need to be looking at, you know, are you spending as much time preparing for the re- return of Jesus as you are worrying about what needs to be done about the environment? Mm. You know, that's a good question, I think, for everyone to ask themselves. Uh, absolutely right. Now, uh, Tracy, uh, as Christians, we have uh, this hope, you know, in in God, in Jesus, of um, in the new world, the restored world. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, what would you like to say in a minute or, uh, or two? We need that, don't we? Because, you know, some of the things that I've read out, you know, you you could end up with a very, um, a, a lack of hope from it. But Revelation sixty five seventeen tells us, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. So we look forward to all of that, knowing that there is uh, difficulty that this mm. earth will go through. Oh, beautiful. Uh, look, our time is uh, almost up, uh, and I just want to save a minute or two for uh, something special just at the end. Um, but Tracy, if you if you could bring it together, just in few thoughts, uh, uh, the discussion which we uh, have had today in regard to how how is Jesus uh, uh, referring to the environment, and uh, what would you like to bring it together, just in in a couple of thoughts? Yeah, just sum up a bit of what we've brought out. Um Uh, David and I, all of us, um, we've been given the task to care for the earth. We should do our part um, and we should take individual responsibility. The Bible tells us to do that. Mm. We're not going to be able to change what the destiny is for this earth. You know, we know that, um, but we need to be doing the right things ourselves. But, you know, we can't be arrogant man to say, well, God, you've got this plan, but we've got other plans that mm. will, you know, ensure we'll be here for, you know, forever. Um, we need to be concentrating on our own individual relationship with God because, you know, especially if we know that this earth is, is, is going to, to conclude, uh, we need to ensure that we're going to be on the right side of that, that we'll be prepared for the day of judgment when the earth will pass away. And, um, you know, we need to make sure we don't make a god of the planet. You know, um, uh, the the third angel's message in Revelation talks about the fact that we should be worshiping the the God who made the heavens and the earth, not worshiping the heavens and and yeah. the earth. You know, um, and we need to hold on to that that good news that um, I just spoke about before that a new heaven and new earth is coming and that's what we need to be looking forward to and and also to be looking at all of these signs that are, that are that are happening in the world and looking at them through a spiritual lens what does the bible tell me that perhaps i could look at these things and understand them in in a more uh, deep kind yeah. of way thank you so much tracy for uh, bringing that uh, together and uh, I'm, I'm turning to David now uh, David um, today it's also a special uh, day uh, remembrance day you know a lot of people fought for uh, a piece of land you know uh, they gave their life for uh, uh, for a piece of land you know and we neglecting so much would you like to just talk in a minute or two about this special uh, day and yes. maybe conclude with a prayer. Yes, I'd love to. Well, on Remembrance Day especially, we wear the red poppy. Mm. And the poppy is one of many plants which are out there. In fact, all plants which spring to life from seed, <coughs> they give us a wonderful uh, demonstration of the death and resurrection of Christ 
and indeed they are a prophecy of our own death and resurrection, but they're also a prophecy about the new heavens and the new earth mm-hmm. because the scriptures speak about that and, well, people may or may not believe that, but all they need to do is to look at a simple poppy or, as Jesus said, to consider the lilies or the wheat which falls into the earth. And Paul said these words in First Corinthians, speaking about sowing seeds, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. So we've got this wonderful reassurance from creation that all of us, when we die, will come back to life again and we'll be given a resurrection body. If we're in Christ, we will be raised to life. And those who are not in Christ will be raised for death. Thank but you. We're being raised to life, and, and and the seed, which is such a humble little black speck, some mm. seeds, they're so small you can hardly see them, they go into the ground. Naturally speaking, they're dead and buried. But no, God is at work. The sun is shining, the rain is falling, and out comes a glorious flower. And so the poppy on Remembrance Day is a wonderful parable or prophecy about the resurrection of Jesus, and our own death and resurrection. So I hope that that will encourage our listeners as we consider Remembrance Day and link that into creation and this whole question about managing the environment. Let's just have a quick word of prayer as we reach the end of the program. Thank you, David. Our Father, we thank you for giving us the gift of the earth, and we are sorry that we have all of us done things And corporately, humanity has done terrible things. And as we've fallen into sin, we have wrecked the cosmos. But we worship you and thank you that you're in the business of redemption, redeeming each human, redeeming even the entire cosmos. And so, Father, we place our hope in you through Jesus. We receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. And in his name we pray that you will renew each one of us and help us each day to prepare for his return or to die in faith, whichever comes first. Hear our prayer, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. May God bless you, each one of you listening today. And please join us again next time when we are going to continue on this uh, aspect, uh, the church, uh, the Bible, and environment. And we will ask a question, um, is there danger in worshipping the uh, creation rather than the creator? Until then, may God richly bless you and have a safe walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Where well, I'm
Peace in the valley.